Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Buckler. And I'm Chris Heine. I'm Jesse. <laughs> Jesse Riggle is here <laughs> today as our fourth awesome podcaster. So this week, we have brought him all the way from Vienna, Austria. And I believe if you look way back in the podcast archives. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> I was like, where are we looking? You will find a special treat where we sent Jesse off into the world and bid adieu to him until today when he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Before we let him talk about his majestic stories, let us tell you all the other majestic things that are happening here at Light Gray. We, by the way, have just closed the call for art. Mm -hmm. And by the time this is live, by the time you're hearing this wonderful sentence... We may have uh, already listed all the people for the Guts exhibition. Mm -hmm. Um, If not, it shall be coming very soon. But we just wanted to thank everybody that put out their their names and their links and all of their information for that. There was a really great response. We're really excited to um, be showing with all you guys. And it will be a really cool show coming up here in just, what, another month or so? Yeah, so the opening reception for Guts is actually April 17th. So mark your calendars. It's going to be a really amazing exhibition with all sorts of originals, prints. Um, We have a couple special guest artists that are going to be featured in the show and lots of cool pieces. So, Yep, so there's lots of cool stuff. Um, In fact, we have some awesome programming plans that we're Mm going to be announcing soon. So we have a whole slew of summer classes coming up. Um, We probably in the next couple weeks will be able to post those online. So if you guys are looking for things to do as the weather gets warmer and you want to stop by and do something with your hands or with your face or with something, we might have a couple things that you guys can do and we'll make sure to post that on there. Chris doesn't like the idea of you guys doing anything with your faces. I don't know what this class is that uses your face. Okay, well, it's a surprise, Chris. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, We also still have the Call for Art for Cosmos up right now. So if you haven't seen that yet, it is going to be one of our biggest shows of the year. Um, We are recreating the night sky with all 88 modern constellations and a ton of other astral bodies. And we're putting it together in an exhibition that gives you kind of this big, awesome night sky vision. So when you come in, you'll be able to see all the stars sparkling. You'll be able to see how the night sky is pulled together. And we're also doing a printed deck that accompanies this that'll let you recreate like the mythology, like the the symbolism, the metaphors, all of the things that make the night sky what it really is. And see what the stars have to say to you. So we're pulling a little bit of astrology in here too for this one. So it'll be really cool. Awesome project. Yep. Yep. So if you want to participate or see who is signing up for the call for art, it is up on the blog through March 12th. So that is happening. We also have, which is really weird, our third birthday coming up. Yeah. Did you realize that? We do. Yep. It's just in a couple weeks. Which is crazy. I think every now and again I talk to people and I'm just like, yeah, it's been like three years. And then they're like, three years? And they're either like, wow, that's a long time. Or they're like, what? I thought you guys were here for longer than that. And I, I'm always surprised. Three seems like a good number. Doesn't seem like that long. Doesn't seem like that long? Yeah, I was there three years ago. You were. You were putting <laughs> in the ceiling. I'm still picking gunk out of my eyes. Yep. All <laughs> of the, you know, every now and again I hear whoever's upstairs in our building must tap dance up there because little particles fly down every now and again. And then I think of you 
and I save them in a little jar. So I'm going <laughs> to sprinkle them in your eyes later, Jesse, so you can relive your experience. Awesome. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So um, three years it'll be. So we'll make sure to keep you guys posted. Um, maybe some fun stuff will happen over here. We'll, we'll see. We'll see yes. how it goes. Um, but we do know right around that time we're going to have an awesome opening. Um, I believe Jenny can tell you a little bit about what's coming up next. Sure. Um, so the next opening is March 20th from 7 to 10 p.m. It is the opening reception for Boss Rush, which features the work of over 115 artists. There are so many, including our special guest, Jesse Riggle, um, and also tons of local artists, tons of people who have been making work about their favorite bosses and bad guys and villains all the way through video game history. So it'll be a very... I don't know, celebratory opening with 8-bit chiptunes and all sorts of really fun, energetic pieces and people that I'll be here to have a good time with. When you guys look at it, too, it'll be kind of fun. You can quiz yourselves so you can see how many of these guys you recognize from all the games that you played. There's everything from PC games to all the different consoles. Um, Chris was going through the list and looking, seeing what he could find, which ones he recognizes. It really is kind of a fun quiz. Mm-hmm. So you guys can take a peek at that, and that'll be um, online, too, for those of you guys that can't make it out to the opening. But we hope you can try. If you're around, you mm-hmm. should totally come by. So um, we also, in addition to the opening here at our space, will be headed over to GlitchCon the following weekend. So tell us what that's about. GlitchCon is a video game convention, symposium, all sorts of things. There's going to be talks. There's going to be playing games. There's going to be art. There's going to be everything that celebrates video game culture and everyone who is in that world. And we're going to be there. Boss Rush is going to have our special feature work on display. It's going to have a guest panel of judges. I think we have those confirmed. So I will say it's Adam May from Gearbox Software, Claire Hummel, who works at HBO doing concept art. And then we have Tim Turry and Ben Hansen from Game Informer. And all of those guest panels are going to judge uh, the artwork and pick best in show, which we will award at GlitchCon. Yep. And so we'll be giving really special best of show awards. So that'll be really cool to have that going on. And so, again, this is kind of a one of the first times that we've given awards like this. Um, we're really excited to hear from these guys in the industry. And so you guys should totally come. So if you want to get tickets for GlitchCon, if you're in the area and can come by, um, we'll put a link at the bottom near the podcast notes for you guys to go and find on our blog. And that'll be there for you to check out all the rest of the stuff, including a lot of the workshops that are going to be going on there. So, um We are going to be teaching a pixel art uh, workshop that is kind of inspired by last year's Dream Arcade project, and Chris knows that very well, and so he'll be there to kind of tell you what the whole system was like when we put it together, and um, we'll be helping people make characters and sprites. Yeah, and we will also have uh, a Dream Arcade and Great Personality at Minicade, which is a kind of mini show of all locally made video games yep. so we'll we'll be all over GlitchCon. all over it all over it. so <laughs> that'll be coming up here so make sure if you need a refresher we've got all this stuff again on our facebook page and we'll mention all the all places you guys can find it a little bit later so let us turn our attention to mr riggle hello <laughs> hello hello welcome back temporarily thank you yeah. And if anybody's yeah. curious about Jesse's first appearance, it was on the January 13th episode. Uh, I don't know what number it is, but we don't number them anyway. It's called Qualified for Love. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he he's a special kind of bonus on the end of uh, the show. So it was a quick lightning round uh, Game kind of show. question and answer session with Jesse Riggle. Go check it out. Yeah, you should probably go check it out. Then you can get all caught up to know more about Jesse. And but that opinions. was right before Jesse left for Vienna. So like now the that... the day before. Oh, yeah. I guess it was. Right before. What now that you have come back to the luxurious Minnesota weather? What's the biggest difference you found? Well, I mean, I guess it's customer service. My customer service? No, just in, <laughs> oh. in, in general. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, they lack customer service in, in Austria. They also charge for tap water at the restaurant. Really? Yeah. What, so okay. I, I like the fact that I get unlimited free refills on my tap water in America. It's great. That's a luxury that I think I take for granted. Well, okay, so that's the biggest difference is the free tap water <laughs> yep. between tap water. here and there. Everything else is similar, <laughs> exactly the same. Well, not exactly the same. Oh, okay. More or less. Well, how about that croissant you were telling me about? How does a croissant <laughs> compare to the Minnesota croissant? Well, the thing is, my whole life, every time I've seen a croissant, it just looks like a a crusty, dry piece of bread. But I was in Barcelona, and it was the only thing at the hotel breakfast that looked edible. So I grabbed a croissant and a bunch of jam, expecting just to be disappointed. And it was just pure butter. It was amazing. Which is your favorite thing? Butter? Yeah. Butter is my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. So that was Barcelona, not Vienna. So I was yeah. wrong. One thing that I've noticed that is really exciting is we get to live vicariously through all of your photographs and all your trips that you've been taking. It seems that the culture over there allows you to do a little bit more exploration because is it true that you have more free time in a job? Uh, I mean, they're they're very generous with vacation time over there to the tune of like six to eight weeks during the course of the year. So I am able to travel frequently and it's super easy to get all over Europe because uh, Austria is kind of in the middle. So you can get to all the Eastern stuff and the Baltic islands and all the Western parts of Europe. And it's pretty awesome. Have you noticed that your interest in kind of going all over the place is heightened because you have that freedom or is it just something that just because you have the luxury now you go and you do this stuff because you're going on a couple trips this next yeah. year too aren't you yeah i've always liked traveling and i always did as much as i could but now i'm able to do it easier and i am taking advantage of that this year and doing a couple big trips including uh, jordan and mongolia and iceland so world traveler you're gonna have to put like a little world map somewhere and put little pins all over it yeah probably we've had plenty of podcasts where we've talked about how Sometimes when you're in a place, you sort of have this heightened sense of awareness. You get to explore a little bit more and you kind of try all these things that you normally wouldn't. When you got to Vienna, what is the weirdest first thing that you tried that you couldn't get here or that you didn't have access to? <laughs> of any sort. Huh, that that's a hard question. I don't I don't really I don't know. You're a crazy maniac and you just tried everything and that's why you can't figure it out? Well, I don't know. I mean, my my first memory of Austria is trying to get something and failing miserably at it. Hmm. So I got kicked out of a restaurant on my first night and I had to eat out of a gas station. Really? Why'd you get kicked out of a restaurant? I went to a restaurant that was supposedly open and after a while somebody asked me why I was staying in there and I told them I wanted to eat. And they're like, there's not enough time. We're closing in an hour you'll have to eat fast. I'm like, that's okay. I can eat pretty fast. 10 minutes later, the guy comes back and says, sorry, you have to leave. There's just not enough time. So then I wandered aimlessly through Vienna. This is literally the afternoon I showed up there. So I had been in Vienna for all of two hours at this point. 
and went into a gas station and I bought a beer that ended up being some fruit flavored beer. It tasted kind of like jalapenos for some reason. <laughs> but it was a it was a really weird entry into a new living place. Did you think that that was going to tone the rest of your experience? Were you like, I'm going to get the weird beer every time and every time I go into a restaurant, this is how it's going to be? Or were you like, this is a fluke, no big deal. Next time we'll be fine. I mean, I, I figured it was just a fluke. Apparently nothing is open. I, got, I showed up there on a Sunday and things don't tend to be open on Sundays very much. And, but it was fine. It's good to have kind of a rough experience out of the gate because then it's all kind of uphill from there. Speaking of uphill, you have a bike, do you not? I do have a bike. Didn't you go on some crazy bike trip? Middle of July, I did a bike trip from the Austrian-Italian border to Venice, Italy. It was pretty awesome. The only problem was when we tried to ride our bike up a mountain and found out that riding a bike with an extra, you know, 40 pounds strapped to the back of it makes it way harder. That's a hill that I don't think I'd want to ride up. I don't even think I want to walk or drive up that hill. Riding down the hill, that was the best part. That is also good. I was actually going to ask you, Jesse, I know that when you lived here in Minneapolis, you had very specific scheduling things like on Sundays I go here and on Saturdays I do this and... This is what my life is like. But What's I think, your new ones? I don't know, doesn't traveling make you a little more spontaneous or sort of a shift your perspective? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess things are more spontaneous. I don't know if the traveling itself is why. It's just sort of moving into a new, uh, just a new life, I guess, and a new living situation. You have to kind of mix things up. And since I don't, I didn't really know what I was doing there and I didn't know any of the systems, going to the grocery store was kind of frightening at first because I might have to speak German and I don't know how. New friends and all that, yeah, you kind of just sort of uh, go with the flow. And then the trips and things started cropping up and I had often just planned the trip like a week in advance and just say, I'm just going to go to Norway next weekend. Why not? Yeah, I think the the whole structure thing kind of goes out the window just due to being in a new situation and not knowing what's going on you're pretty like go with the flow guy though generally speaking yeah i mean i like i like my routine for some sense of normalcy in life but i also enjoy breaking routine so what's your new routine i mean the, the only thing that was sort of structured for a while was the fact that i would go to the grocery store at like 7 30 on saturday morning <laughs> Other than that, my schedule pretty much was different every single week. But that's kind of it's kind of nice. Like yeah. we were talking about the comforts of these things that are familiar, and what kinds of things do you look forward to that are kind of worked into your normal day now? Everybody where I work because we're all kind of like transient people because uh, it's a big international organization I work at. It's sort of kind of like a high school college vibe where everybody kind of clumps together and you see the same people day in and day out. So it's fun to see, you know, the same group of people for lunch every day. And then, you know, you'll go get beers or something after work and yeah. dinners on the weekends. And uh, Is no one else there with like a family? Is it all kind of people constantly looking for activity do or i mean there are family people but they tend to clump together and then the non-family people tend to clump together because it seems like such a different thing to learn is kind of an effort in the beginning yeah is that kind of weird sometimes do a lot of people speak english do you find that you're pretty able to make your way through all all the same things that you would normally do yeah i mean generally it's pretty easy to get by just speaking English, sometimes going to stores and things like that, it can be a little tricky. Or if you have to deal with utilities, like trying to get my internet hooked up was... Some of that stuff was hard because I didn't know what the systems were and there was language barrier problems and stuff like that, but you know. I hear that your toilet 
has a poop shelf. Oh. What's that about? <laughs> so uh, describe your toilet and tell us what's up with that. Uh, Is that right. a normal thing? I, I think it's a normal thing in Austria. I don't know about the rest of Europe. Um, but they have – it's basically a shelf toilet. So, you know, in a normal toilet, it's just a giant bowl full of water. And you do your business in a bowl full of water. These toilets, it's it's like a chair. And at the foot of the chair is the hole that goes down into the drain. But then the part where you would sit is just above the water. And that's where your poops go. But so why, you do that and then you can look and make sure that your poop looks healthy and before you flush it down. Is that the real reason? I think so. That's what somebody told me. And it seems plausible. But that means... You have to have a toilet brush because you have to brush your toilet after every use or it would just be awful. <laughs> Which It feels they, like... Finding toilet brushes there is frighteningly easy. They're everywhere. Oh, because well, that, that's why? Shelf in I know. House. It's like, yeah, you got your poop shelf. You need your, your toilet brush. Yeah. No, I heard that that was a thing. A, a good friend, Ryan, told us that, that he was shocked. He was shocked at the, the poop shelf that you had. Yeah, and then we I were confused the, about how that works. Because I know that, of course, everywhere you travel, there's different stuff. Yeah, the the poop shelf took some getting used to. Yeah. Well, is it just you that has one? I know lots of people do. Oh, okay. It depends on how new your like your apartment is and whether or not they have upgraded to a modern toilet. Like my one of my friends has a really fancy toilet that has like smiley faces on it for special things it does that's so weird i think it massages your butt <laughs> why though why is that a thing that people have um and then my toilet just has a shelf on it so i have to stare at my poops okay well that's good <laughs> see that's that's the kind of thing that i was curious about you're adjusting to a new situation yep. also you are a man of large stature uh-huh you are 40 feet tall close to that yes wide shoulders moderately yes and so how many things have you gotten stuck in recently (laughs) uh i only got for real stuck once and that was in a medieval silver mine in the czech republic (laughs) and how did that go (laughs) i mean they they told us that it got kind of narrow and we got to a point that was narrow and the ceiling was low so i was kind of like hunched down and i foolishly brought a bag with me and i i got kind of wedged in there and I couldn't move forward or backward. So I just pushed really hard and I popped through to the other side and we went and sat in some chamber and then the tour guide's like, all right, everybody, the narrowest part's coming up. And I just assumed I was going to die down there. Luckily the narrowest part was also the tallest part. So I could just walk through sideways. But So what else was down there? Uh, I mean, not a lot. It's just sort of an old mine. So. Oh, it's just a cave. Yeah, that people carved out. It was pretty cool, though. So you, there's no sustenance, no hot dog stand? No, no, no. So you couldn't no have lived food. down there? No. Okay. Did you get back out? Obviously, you yeah, did, because you're yeah, here. Yeah. Never mind. I only almost got stuck for like uh, a minute, and then I popped my way through. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that a normal problem for you? Do you tend to get stuck in places? No, I do hit my head a lot. So tell us about... At least three or four times you've hit your head while you're over in Europe. Well, my favorite time is when I was at an old castle ruin. And it's historically relevant because King Richard, the Lionheart, you may know him from like Robin Hood stories and the Crusades and whatnot. He was walking through Austria and he got captured and thrown into this castle. It was held prisoner there for a while. And I hit my head in the chamber that I think he was held in. Uh, and my friend heard it. 
and said it was really loud. Do it, you think your head hurt. touched a spot where his head touched? I hope so. Do you feel his spirit in your head now? No. Okay. All right. I was just checking. <laughs> what and, other head hitting? Moments? And I mean, in that in that silver mine, mm-hmm. my head was dragging across the ceiling for most of the way through there. Luckily, I had a hard hat on, so it was only mildly uncomfortable. Did um, you find any silver embedded in your hat? No. Okay. All right. No, I don't think there's any silver left down there. So no and spirits, no silver. Also, on my first day at my new job, the first thing I did when I walked into my office is I hit my head on the top of the door frame because they're short. Everyone is short? No, the door frame oh, is short oh, oh. where I work. And is I it an old it. building? It's from like the 70s. Did people console you? I feel like people you? that much shorter in the 70s. How does your head feel now? Squishy? Right now it feels fine. Oh, okay. All right. So there's no little lumps in there? No. Lumps no, and bumps? Good. Okay. I remember this to be a problem here as well. Oh, yeah. I believe you've hit your head here at the studio a couple times going I down the stairs. I feel like I broke your studio with my head. I think there is a chunk above the stairs downstairs yeah. where Jesse hit his head that's like a little <laughs> permanently, out chunk. permanently dented. We will put a plaque above it for you for people to recognize. It will be like, here yeah. is the place. I bet you your head has touched so many things in this world that... Someone could put their head anywhere, and they'd probably feel a little bit, a little piece of you in there. Yep, and I, I have attempted to break priceless historical things like Frank Lloyd Wright museums and old castles with my head. Well, we shall also put. We'll follow you with some plaques and some post-it notes, and then put them everywhere. Cool. So, Chris, what types of things might you be looking for for Jesse's experience over in the luxurious part of the world? Do you feel like you could stay longer? I know you're scheduled for another year. Yeah. Yeah, how does that but work? But does it feel like home now or does it just feel like a long vacation? Yeah. Uh, it does not feel like home. It, temporary? It feels like it feels temporary. It's, uh, I definitely feel like I'm a visitor. Based on traveling around Europe, there's a few places I've traveled to that I feel like could feel like home if I were to move there. But where I am right now, I don't. I don't think would feel like home necessarily but maybe but regardless no i don't i don't think i'll be there indefinitely and i don't think i don't know that i would want to either can you can you describe like what kind of makes a place feel like home for you is it just that you could see yourself sort of having routines or just like a familiar comforting environment or or what is it that you think would have to be the way it is I i think it's uh just a sort of a sense of fitting in and kind of like driving with the the local culture of the place. Yeah. Um, so like having a regular thing that you like to go to, yeah, or a place that you like to visit, or there's like there's like a comfort level uh, that some places have and others don't uh, for various reasons. So and how do you think that happens? Do, I mean, that's a good question. I, I think it's kind of like a the a mentality. Like a, a particular mindset and people in an area have to share that same kind of mindset for it to work. I always felt like a lot of things that made me feel like a place was home was sort of, there was an eventually this moment where I felt like it was kind of mine, yeah. you know, like this is my coffee house or like this is my grocery store. I, if somebody visited, you'd be like, oh yeah, let me show you where all the stuff is that I, I have worked into my my daily routine like those kinds of things like the little tiny things always seem to make it feel more like home mm-hmm. it's interesting when chris was asking like does it feel like you're a visitor when anybody travels i'm sure there's this thing where you're like this place is so super cool like you'll go into a restaurant and you'll be like coolest restaurant ever 
and you're like, it's the only time I'm ever going to go here, ever. Or you'll go into like a park and you'll be like, this is an awesome park, but you can't see yourself going back again and again and again and again. Yeah. And so when things feel like home, do you do you think it's just the ease of like slipping into that, I fit here, this is something that I want to do all the time? Yeah. Chris, do you do you feel like when you travel that you ever fit into that mindset where you're like, I could do this. I could do this for a long time. I could see myself being here. Or do you always feel like that comes with just time spent in a location? No, I don't feel like that ever. I feel like I'm always an outsider. I really? Think. Yeah. Which makes sense. But I also rarely do I feel like I want to stay for a long time. So, What do you look forward to when you come back? Is it just that you're looking forward to your stuff? Are you looking forward to your pets or are you just like... Yeah, everything. Just It's just longevity? Probably. I think that if you live somewhere long enough, you're going to feel like it's your home. When you left for New York, Jesse, mm-hmm. you were there for a long time. Yeah, five years. Did that ever feel like home? Yeah, that felt like home pretty quick. Did it? Is it? But New York, that uh, was a place that I visited once and I wanted to live there. Okay, so you felt a connection yeah. like instantly in yeah, your life. Yeah, it felt like a place that felt... Right. And the whole time I was there, definitely felt like home. I mean, I had my, after the first like six months or a year or something, I kind of had the neighborhoods that I like to hang out in and places I like to go. And it just sort of felt like I belonged there yeah. until it made me angrier and angrier because it's loud and crowded. Because you hit your and head so many leave. times? I did. I hit my head on the subway all the time. See, you know, maybe there'll be a, a head hitting threshold where you, you hit it one last time and you're like, Forget it. I'm done. And then you flip over the train or whatever else yep. it is that you're you're around. Flip over the UN. Yeah. Flip the whole UN <laughs> over and you're like, oh. Yeah. So when you went to Austria, do you think it's just because it's hard to get used to uh, just a cultural difference? The little things are not the same. So you're kind yeah. of like, oop, I got to rethink my going to the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just sort of like the mindset there is different than what I'm, I'm used to. There's also, I mean, the language barrier is definitely... You think that's a big one? Uh, yeah, that's definitely a big one. Because, um, I mean, communication is kind of key, I think, to feeling comfortable someplace. Yeah. Uh, and, I I mean, I put some effort into learning German, but since I know that my stay there is short, I haven't put as much effort into it as I probably should have. It's funny because I think when you're traveling as a tourist, or if you're if you're there for two weeks, I think it's very easy to be like, well, if I don't get around everything, then who cares? Yeah. And then for a long term thing, a year, two years, you're like, well, I got to make things easier for myself, so I can see why this would take some extra effort to make sure that it's more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So you're only here for like a minute before leaving out again. Yep. When you were thinking about Minneapolis and you were like, I'm going to take a trip here, what were the things that you remembered the most that you were like, you know, if I've got a day here, here's what I got to do. These are the things I remember about home. These are the things that I want to do. Like, what was that? Like, did you you plan it? I mean, it seems like you got to plan it out pretty quickly because you have this much time and you got to figure out what to fit in there. Yeah, I mean... The big thing is just seeing, you know, like friends and family that are here Um, because that's like that's the stuff from Minneapolis that I like the best and kind of miss the most. But there's also, you know, a few food things and uh, like I I want some of the local beer. Uh, I already got to eat some awesome food today and some fancy donuts and just stuff like that. Yeah. 
I also had to continuously try to forget that I was coming back here in the middle of winter. Yeah, we'll we'll try and keep you in the warm side of things. That's good. Yeah, well, we're glad you're back, Jesse, and it's nice to see you. And it's it's really neat to hear about your perspective. It's crazy to think that a journey over there and an extended journey for a second year, mm-hmm. it's a long time, but it's actually, like, when you think about it, a year probably went pretty fast for you. Oh, it went crazy fast. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, it's, it's a, a long time. You know, here's my air quotes, right? But it's also maybe just long enough for you to get your bearings and then be like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah it's interesting. I mean, there's still a ton of stuff that I want to do when I'm there. And I'm realizing now that based on how quickly last year went, there's no chance I'm going to get to do everything really? I wanted to do. Is it just because you're finding out new stuff all the time? Or yeah. What? And I mean, other opportunities pop up and other other things. So yeah. I realized that there's it, it was sort of a fool's errand to try to plan to do like these 50 things in a year because uh, you're never going to. <laughs> That's a lot I mean, of things for one year. My initial goal was to go to a new city every weekend and see 52 cities in a year. Wow. How did you do? Not... Oh, did you get like four? Uh, a few more than four. But... Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, you've been on the road say, like, four was pretty good. all the time, though. Yeah. So you have made it around a lot. Yeah, no, I've, I've traveled pretty good. Um, and then this year, I'm traveling outside of Europe a couple for two of my big trips. So Yeah, that's be, crazy. That'll be fun. Well, I have one last big question for you. So in this like transition over to Austria, what has that done to your creative practice? Has it given you more time to work on things? Has it given you a different perspective for like what you want to pursue versus things you want to leave behind? Mm-hmm. Like how has that shifted? Because you know, you've got a full-time job. Yeah. You have a interest in traveling. You have more vacation than yeah. a, you would have in a place here. Like what where does the art stuff fit in? How does that work? I mean, my initial plan was to kind of take time off of doing projects for art shows and things like that uh, while I was there and to sort of do my own thing and absorb uh, the the time there and travel more, but that didn't pan out. I ended up doing more art shows, and then I illustrated a giant book that took up like a million hours of my time. Um, So I guess my my workload kind of stayed the same even though i tried to make it less <laughs> uh, but i guess that's a good thing because you know yeah. it's good to keep doing doing that stuff it's just and, an opportunity came up and you're like yeah, yeah sure yeah yeah and i you know you can work it in and i feel like the uh being around different things and traveling and seeing stuff kind of like it, it boosts your creativity and your thought process and your ideas just because you're seeing so many new things and these little seeds get planted and it's good to to get out of the normal routine and i i feel like my um my work and ideas have improved in the past year over what they had been uh in the previous couple years so do you think that you found an art culture there that has inspired you too do you meet any other artists while you're there um a little bit. I mean, there's a figure drawing co-op near my my apartment that I go to, and it's good to be around other art people and doing stuff like that, and I've gone to some of the galleries. Uh, there's a – Vienna's sort of an interesting city, and I don't know if this is true elsewhere in Europe, but they they have a really good street art scene, and they kind of cultivate – they have, like, public walls where people can go with their spray paint 
and just paint and they're in prominent, easy to get to places and these people aren't prosecuted. So there's like really amazing street art coming out of there. Uh, and I've gone to a gallery of, owned by one of those guys that goes by the name of Nikos and the gallery's uh, rabbit eye movement, I think. So it's it's fun just kind of like tooling around Vienna, especially on bikes and things like that. And you get to see all this this awesome art on the walls. And it changes periodically because, you know, things get painted over. And it's it's nice. It's, it's, uh, you don't, I don't feel like you get that in, in the U.S. very much, at least not that I've seen. Not so, like that, huh? Yeah, where yeah. it's not that. I mean, you'll see like murals and street art, but I feel like usually that stuff is commissioned and carefully thought out. And it's not just like, here's a spontaneous, you know, like awesome. five miles of wall next to a canal. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Somebody may come and paint over it, but you know, just do what you want. And I think it makes the city better for it. That's really cool. Well, that's really neat. It would be awesome to visit. There's plenty of people that, um, we have had a, the opportunity to talk to over the last year or so that are I'm sure we should we should make sure that you guys can connect because they're they're doing neat stuff over there but it's always cool to see how different it is and the different stories that people have about a similar place well anyway we're happy that you're back we're yeah. gonna make sure that the rest of your time here is fantastic the whole one day the whole yep. one day <laughs> you're gonna play all the games do all the stuff and make sure you eat all the donuts and, and fi- so and fish tacos mostly fish tacos also so yeah so thank you jesse Come all the for way to minnesota us. for fish tacos yeah yeah minnesota's <laughs> own fancy fish tacos all right well chris if people want to find more information wait actually why am i asking you jesse yep. where can people find you if if they want to see what you are up to my most of my new work is just on my tumblr which is just my name jesse riggle.tumblr.com or you can go to my website which is my jesse com or whatever you know i have a i have a twitter account that i don't ever use but feel free to follow me on it. I will appreciate that I got a follower. <laughs> Don't expect me to tweet. No tweets. No uh, tweets from you. Is there anywhere on Amazon that they can find anything you made? Oh, yeah. I, oh. Have, a, I have a book that I illustrated this year that comes out on April 7th. Uh, it was written by Callie V. Roy. Um, and I did all the illustration for it. It's called Go to Hells. It's a modern day take on Dante's Inferno. So it's a lot of amusing sins and their correlating punishments. That sounds awesome. That sounds super awesome. Cool. We'll make sure, see if we can find that and link that so that people can see it and stuff like that. And then we'll put your links on the podcast notes so people can find you. Cool. Yes. And maybe you will tweet once. I may tweet. I'll probably tweet around April 7th. Okay, <laughs> that sounds good. Get ready. Yeah, yeah get ready for that epic tweet. Okay, to schedule it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, and then the rest of our random stuff. You guys want to keep in the loop with everything else that's going on here? Um, feel free to listen to Chris rattle off the list of awesome places that you can find more information about what's coming up. Yeah. Well, I will start by giving myself a little plug for game night because we have another light gray game night coming up it's scheduled for march 12th the theme is adventure which could mean a lot of things in the board game world but uh some of the games we might be playing are k2 which is all about climbing mountains surviving the elements 
Uh, also, yeah, you figure out how Jesse might die on a giant glacier. No, Jesse, or no. Live. Or knows? bump it's your an head. Adventure, yeah. Or get stuck in it. Um, or eat a croissant. Yeah, so we'll just be playing yeah. anything with adventure. We'll be playing. So it's pretty broad and open. And again, it doesn't even matter. You can play whatever you want. You know um, what's a pretty adventurous game? What? Monopoly. No, no, no. Only, yeah. I guess it is if you want to, if you want to get into fist fights with all your friends and family. Yep. That's an adventure. Yeah. If you want to play Monopoly, you can bring it. Yes, true. Yes. <laughs> and have a adventure of... A solo adventure no, in the it, corner. I don't think you can play it solo, but you... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, game night's coming up March 12th. Mark your calendar. It's a little bit further apart than our normal one. We're going to resume the two-week schedule, but we just had to uh, shift around Boss Rush and GlitchCon a little bit, so... Um, it's March 12th, 630, 9.30 p.m. I will see you there. And if you want to see that or any of our other wonderful Calls for Art, announcing of the artists from Calls for Art, all that kind of stuff, it's on blog.lightgrayartlab.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab, and we always uh, tweet up a storm and reply to everyone who tweets at us. So uh, check us out there. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on the iTunes Music Store, stream it directly on Stitcher Radio, or follow us on Tumblr, lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com and you can see work in progress from a lot of the shows and all sorts of stuff we retumble all of our artists that we can find so find us in all those places yeah definitely so thanks again Jesse for being awesome and for coming back to sweet sweet Minnesota just for like a minute and we'll take care of you for a second so all right, you guys well thanks for listening and we'll talk with you soon 